ice water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. Guys going down, guys stepping up. That's what football is all about. And they say we can't do it. What they say now. Y'all know me. Same OG, but I've been low key. Hated on by most of these niggas with no cheese, no deals, and no G's, no wheels, and no keys, no boats, no snowmobiles, and no skis. Mad at me because I can finally afford to provide my family with groceries. Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Brent Venables throwing OU season to get back to Clemson is right on track. South Carolina edged out Jacksonville State in a sanctioned cockfight. Shamrocks are no match for an axe. Clemson is five and four. And life is good. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Nick, joined tonight by Cody. We are the Clemson Podcast, here to recap the Clemson victory over Notre Dame. Cody, man, long time, no chat on the show. And uh, I wanted to ask you, I know you went to the game. How was it? It, it was excellent. It was, it really was. Um, so I, I should give a little backstory there, too. So Ben and I went together with my wife, Anessa, and he actually pulled the trigger. Him and I were on or texting during the Florida State game, and Clemson was up seven in that game. I think it was the fourth quarter, and I and yep. I think Ben uh, they had just had some kind of tequila bar at the bar that Ben was at for the Clemson game, and uh, he, I said pull the trigger, and he did, and I gave him a budget, and Ben went way way over the budget, um, <laughs> and yeah, but we had to, we had three great great seats, about 10, 12 rolls up um, around the like ten yard line. So it was, it was great. It was great. And um, yeah, Ben actually covered the cost for like the surplus too. So he was a good friend, uh, but yeah, it was great. The weather, the weather was excellent. Um, the atmosphere and I, and I, I haven't been in the lower bowl since I was a student. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but it mm. seemed, I, I seemed like I could, I could really, I feel, I could feel the vibe and the energy from the crowd more so than when I was sitting in the upper deck. So I don't know. It was, it was great all the way around. I mean, it, it felt awesome through the broadcast, and I watched the first half at home, went down to the alumni bar, watched the second half there, which was really fun, too. A little bit tighter in the second half than the first half, but um, yeah, I guess in my experience, I I feel like the lower bowl, you definitely get, it's more intimate. I do feel like crowd noise is a little bit better, but Upper Deck, Upper Deck's got, you know, there's it's it's a fun scene up there, too, so um, just different, but man, I'm glad you got to go. I know, I know it had been a while. Um, you... You, me, and Ben went to South Bend last year. Um, how would you how would you calibrate that against against this one? Great question. So I think you you said it the best I've heard anyone say it or explain it in one word. It was kind of like going to church. It was like church. <laughs> it, and what you meant by that? It wasn't like yeah. derogatory church church goers or anything. No, it yeah. was. Just that it was like a little too formal and too like it, you, people weren't really going crazy. You didn't feel the energy. Um, you did a, you did a little bit of the game, but um, it's it's a very nice stadium or a very nice campus. It was it was a nice stadium. The the fans were delightful. I, I mean, I, I would say they rank up there with Clemson fans in terms of friendliness. So I, yeah. you know, check checks a lot of boxes. But even even my wife, who doesn't really have a dog in the fight, is going around. You know, we've only been to three college games together: one in Clemson in 2017, Notre Dame last year, Clemson this year. And she's like, "This is Clemson's so much better than Notre Dame." And you know, the the fall leaves. It was the weather was like 70 degrees. Um, just couldn't yeah. 
could have been better. And like, the, and she's sitting there, you know, really observing campus and like, well, there's a stadium on campus. So, right. you know, she was, uh, she was really, you know, I, she, you know, she has a pretty, like I said, not a huge bias. So I, I, I take her opinion there. Um, and yeah, I think Clemson is the, is the better experience overall. 100% agree. I, I would say like the Notre Dame fans, even when they were beating us and even when like everything was going their way, it would be like short bursts of cheering and then just like kind of back to like this, this dull, you know, kind of applause. And so anyway, yeah. Um, but you know, I've been to a bunch of football games in the North and like Wisconsin, for instance, like they're right up there with Southern football stadiums in terms of atmosphere. So I don't know. Yeah. It's um, well, here, here's, here's a little, like, so, like a parallel to Clemson. People will say a Clemson man, just meaning like there's a certain dignity and respect that a Clemson man has. And I know what, and I know what they mean by that. Right. It's like, we're, we're career guys, right? We, we, we don't come to the game to, I mean, I get it. We have fun sometimes too. Right. We, we, we go hard sometimes at the tailgate, but right. There's a certain dignity and you, you should be an upstanding person. Uh, and I think Notre Dame kind of takes that to the extreme. And Clemson's kind of in that same way though. We're not, we don't, there's not, it's not as trashy as like, look, I went to a year at USC in Columbia. It's pretty trashy there. I imagine Ole Miss and Georgia and Bam are the same. Uh, so, you know what I mean? I think there's just a level of, it's almost like a class thing and a pride thing and being a Clemson, a Clemson man. Same with Notre Dame. I know what you mean. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, Hey, why don't we dig into this game a little bit? And, um, I know you and I have taken a little bit of a break from the show. Um, Ben and Jared did a great job last week. I think after the NC state loss, just not turning, you know, turning even more toward negativity and kind of like, you know, writing the whole season off. Um, they chose to kind of take a step back and appreciate Dabo and appreciate kind of the run and really put into perspective what a four and four season really means. Um, so I, I appreciated that from them. And lo and behold, I think whether it was, you know, the push to get him the record victory in front of a home crowd, whether it was Tyler from Spartanburg lighting a fire under the coach, the team and the fan base, or, you know, just this team having a lot of pride and uh, matching up well against Notre Dame, whatever it was, uh, this really worked out for Clemson this weekend, Cody. And um, I think there's some highlights we could probably get into from the game itself. I don't know if you had a chance to rewatch at all. I know watching it in person, there's probably a few key plays you remember better than I do. And then I, I had the luxury of kind of watching instant replay and getting the broadcast view, but um, there's probably just a couple of highlights. I know we're a few days into the week now, uh, but we can kind of give our high level thoughts before we move on. But um, overall, I mean, I can't say enough about the intensity that Clemson showed. They were definitely the team that wanted it more on Saturday and you know, it's just great to see that nine games into a season when you're 500 coming in. Um, I, I won't say you wouldn't forget or you, you'd forgive the team if they had kind of packed it in a little bit, but clearly they did not. Clearly they had a lot of pride in this one. I think so. And a lot was made about the Tyler thing and it, as if that kind of lit a, a, a fuse under Dabo. And I don't, I don't really think that was the case. Larry Williams wrote a piece about Dabo was really, he was going scorched earth on uh, everyone in the program, all the players. And like, he was going to pull out, I guess he was tired of clearing the bandwagon after he claimed maybe we should lose a, lose a, lose a few more and clear the bandwagon. Well, I think he was tired of doing that. Um, and I think he was getting really serious uh, behind the scenes. So I think some of that intensity had less to do with like what was going on in the Clemson media sphere and more to mm -hmm. do with Dabo cracking a whip, which you know, it, it brings so many questions and delight. And, and, and uh, you know, we could we could spend all day talking about it. But um, 
it, it, we don't know what goes on in the locker room, but it seemed to me that Dabo probably did, you know, r- r- you know, ratchet it up to like a, a 10 in intensity. And all of a mm. sudden the team, the team kind of responds to that. The defense was, there's something about the defensive line that, um, that they've been okay and, and good, I would say all year, but they have an extra gear. They got to it at times in the Florida state game to get penetration. They got yep. to that same gear. I'd say a lot, especially XT, um, but other guys too. Um, and, you know, and then the, the offense, we, you know, we, we'll talk about that later, but clearly, you know, Mafa and the offensive line, like what the, I mean, that, that just brings even more questions that we can, I guess, examine later in this episode. Yeah. Why don't we start with the defense? I think you kind of started there with uh, the intensity being high coming into the game. Um, I want to say, I mean, my thoughts coming in, I thought like Notre Dame is known for having a good offensive line. I think they showed up well against Ohio State, against Duke, um, definitely against USC earlier in the year. They were able to move the ball at will. They kind of had a head-scratching performance against Louisville, but, um, but, I mean, they had just scored some crazy high amount, 50-some points against Pitt last week, um, who has a good defense generally, So, uh, or at least you would think so under Narduzzi. And I thought coming into this game, Cody, like I just didn't know from what we'd seen – with the NC State game. I mean, I guess the defense did play a good game there. They played a good game against Miami for the most part until they got gassed toward the end of that game. But I was really worried about Audrey Gastame coming in. He torched us last year um, in South Bend. And his first three carries, he went for 49 yards, 16-yard per play average. Um, I looked up the stats, Cody. After those first three runs, he only averaged 2.7 yards per carry the rest of the game. Um, so something clicked with a defensive adjustment or, you know, intensity with that D line, um, finding their spots to pick on in the O line of Notre Dame. And, you know, they, they, they were closed for business there through the a gap. So um, yeah, I think they did find another gear. We can, I mean, there's definitely, you know, some game balls we could give out with this. I would say, I agree with your XT assessment. Um, I thought Tyler Davis and Rook and uh, Demonte Capehart really, for me, it was the defensive tackles, um, on that line that really showed up. Agreed. And Peter Woods add his name to the, the list. Yeah. There's there, and, and Parker as well. And, right. and fortunately for us, we were on the hillside. Uh, okay. So that's where all the action happened in the first half. Uh, there was a punting affair in the second half on the other oh, side yeah. of the field. But uh, so actually, you know, you, like you said on TV, you know, in, in, in person, you don't see everything that you can see on TV, but we got to see a lot and seeing the intensity from the defensive line and, and contrasting that with what we saw last year, where we just got, you know, we just got hammered on both sides of the ball, or both sides of the line of scrimmage in, in South Bend. It was it was refreshing. And yeah, a great game overall. Yeah, the linebackers, Trotter, mostly uh, as hmm. the game ball recipient. Um, but that, yeah. that's something that I've harped on a little bit. It's just the gap assignment uh, has not been sound this year. I don't think I think that's the reason the linebackers haven't really played up to their potential uh I, I think you, you saw that in saturday though especially just really really good play by the linebackers um yeah and i mean in coverage too uh one thing about that that really stood out to me with sam hartman he's he's actually a lot shorter uh he may be shorter than he's listed i think he's listed at like six one six two he, he might be five eleven but he was really short could not uh receivers for notre dame were not getting separation so i give the secondary a lot of credit for that did not have a lot of time to throw. Uh, I think the the defensive line really was feeding off the energy. But uh, maybe a negative from that is, you know, does it really take the Clemson faithful and uh, in, in the home stands to get that 
you know, to give them the energy or can they find it from within? Can they find a leader that can, you know, kind of galvanize them in the same way? Uh, but, you know, I'll quit, I'll quit with that for now and just, and just uh, <laughs> give them the proper praise that they deserve. <clears throat> I mean, I guess Cody, like, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little, or, you know, we didn't talk about this coming in. I mean, what really was the defense's worst game of the year so far? Like Duke is probably would be my answer just with tackling. Um, but we heard coming out of the aftermath of that, like Barrett Carter talking about getting into game shape. You know, Jeremiah Trotter was nursing a hamstring injury at that point. And uh, I imagine there were other injuries I'm failing to remember right now. Uh, but for the most part, I think the defense is maybe hasn't shown that like takeover a game level of intensity that we saw against Notre Dame and then in pockets against FSU. But I would say like for my money, like I don't know that the defense necessarily had any like hiccup halves of games that we really, uh, that we really can point back to and like hang some blame on them. You could say the end of the Miami game and that sucked, but I, I almost put that more on the offense, you know, in time of possession and, you know, the defense was totally gassed by, by the end of that game. So um, that's, that's fair. I would point to the Miami game because they were playing with the backup quarterback. Right. Um, yep. But I mean, that's, a, I, that's a road game, but you're right. I think yeah. like, and XT was not at that, didn't play in that game for reasons that, you know, people can look up if they want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing that stands out to me with the defense and you said, like, what is their worst game? I think you would be right to point out that they really haven't had a bad game and they, they certainly haven't got blown out. Uh, and they've been, I would say they've been more than competent all year. I guess when I, when I'm critical of the defense, it's more so based off of their talent level. I think with all the guys returning along the defensive line, uh, the seniors at, at ends, TJ Parker emerging as, as, as a really good, good freshman, uh, all the depth they have a defensive tackle. I think, you know, two of the most talented linebackers we've had in the last 15, 20 years um, and, and, a, and a very experienced secondary, if not a great secondary. Like why? So I, I don't compare them to like what, you know, the offense, for example, I think the offense has mm. been so bad at that bad at times that we completely, it's like, you don't even think about the defense, but I do. I, I want to know where the, how, how they're doing. I want to know how, how well Co uh, Wes Goodwin is, is as a coach, because I, I, you can't expect this talent level year after year. In fact, I think you're going to see a bit of a decline in the, in the coming years. So for me, it's more about like, I want to see them. Uh, Larry Williams had an article, I think uh, today, seeing that the, the defense is ranked top 10 in a lot of the key metrics. And to me, it's like, that's great. Wow. We have a great defense, but no, I actually think this defense talent wise is top five. And that's where I would expect them to be uh, to your point And to give them some grace, the offense has not done such a great job with time and possession and has constantly put them in bad spots. But, uh, yeah. but it's, I, I, I have seen the fall off a little bit from the, the BV era. And maybe that's just what should be expected, you know, based off not having the best DC in the, in the game anymore. Right. No, I think fair points all around and, you know, playing to the, the degree of talent level. Um, what I would say is in this one, just there were enough guys out that actually I, I, I remain really impressed by this performance. You had Jalen Phillips, Sheridan Jones and RJ Mickens out in this game. Um, and I think TJ Parker was banged up. I'm not sure if he got a full complement of snaps. So um, really like to see, I mean, I was, I was a little worried Hartman was going to be able to kind of light us up down the field. But, I mean, the good news there is, number one, I think we got enough pressure on him, and Notre Dame's passing game sucks. So, And I think their fan base, I, I know you've got some buddies from ND. Uh, they're, they're done with their offensive coordinator. They're ready to move on.
I, I think that's where they're at. And, it, it, you know, you can't help but, like, what they put forth in Death Valley on Saturday was it was it was a disaster for them uh to, to say i mean to say the least it, it probably felt very similar to what clemson did in in south bend where it, it, and you're expecting things to get better as the season progresses and for them it's gotten even worse and sam hartman is not a bad quarterback uh he had, but he played i mean it was maybe the worst game of his career or one of the worst games of his career some and some of the credit obviously go, uh you know goes with clemson but some of that's a a, a, a team and offense that's really faltering Cody, I tweeted at the end of the game, he's welcome back at Death Valley anytime he wants. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe we can eke out one more year of eligibility for old Sam. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, great performance from the defense. I would say just the the things you could probably point to that are, uh, you know, if you want to nitpick here a little bit, I think just the, the two long runs from Hartman in the first half um, that led to Notre Dame's first touchdown – those sucked. I mean, it is what it is. I would chalk that up probably to having, you know, a little bit of green greenness in the secondary um, safety is not necessarily kind of um, knowing their spots and, and playing uh, assignment football. So, um, but anyway, that didn't ultimately come back to bite Clemson too hard. Agreed. And I believe that's the way West was scheming too. They, they were, they, they sold out and that was something they were going to give up with Sam Hartman if he decided to run and, yeah, yeah, that was the highlight of his day. Was those were those two runs? Yep, for sure. Um, but yeah, no uh, stuffed estimate. They took that away from him um, after you know some early success. So whatever adjustment that was, you know, praise to the, the players for executing and Wes Goodwin for making that switch. Um, anything else on the D, Cody? Uh, I don't. I, no, I, I don't think so. Well, let me let me let me in on a negative because that's that's what I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've been, you know, I've been like, while well, everyone's been harping in our, in our Clemson podcast chat on how bad the offense is, um, I, I've been harping on the defense. I want them to play better. Uh, I, I, yeah, I did see it in person. There is still some mistackling and some, a lack of toughness and it's particularly in the secondary or the back seven of the defense. And you saw it a little bit in person, but, uh, yeah, overall, like you said, it was, it was, it was a, it was a good, good outing and, and, you know, dominant at times. Right. I'm going to um, we're going to come back to a question. I want to give you some airtime for kind of a, a take that I know that you hold regarding Clemson's defense more for the future. Um, so we won't talk about future coaching just yet in this episode. We'll get to it a little bit later. Why don't we flip it to the offense? All right, Cody, in this one, I don't know if we could have had a better first half um, on offense. Um, just in terms of, I mean, I maybe sputtering in the early going, but then after that, really, really catching fire, really finding Clemson's footing. Um, game ball of the day, I think it's really obvious who gets that one. It's Phil Maffa. Um, not just by default of having a, a good offensive line day, but I think he really grabbed the reins in this one and took it and, you know, really earned a lot of, a lot of kudos. Um when you, when you do look at this game, though, Cody, the first touchdown where he went untouched 40-some-odd yards um, into the end zone there, he he put on the burners on that one. I don't know if I've ever seen Moffa run that fast. I think toward the third and fourth quarter, he was definitely slowing down on the burst, uh, which is understandable you know, for how much he was toting the rock, and he was up at like 180 yards by that point, hard yards. So um, you know, can't say enough good about the game that he had. I'm even going to look past the fumble. 
<laughs> he's he's due for what it seems every game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when yeah, when you put up 180 yards or 180 plus yards, yeah, it, you can you can fumble it once. Well, let's start with like a hot take here cuz Jarrett might be listening and I want to I want to deliver. Yeah. And, and and I think it's one of the main takeaways from this game and maybe this season thus far, maybe the last 3 years even. So I'm coming in hot, Tolly. Let's do it. Is Phil Maffa better than Shipley? Well, that's not even the right Ooh. question. How much better is Maffa than Shipley? Because I think I think he emphatically proved. I, I've this whole time I thought he's just as good as Shipley. I thought they were pretty even. Um, Maffa had maybe a slight edge in my in my book just because of how well he does because he's bigger and he can he can take on a few more tacklers because Clemson was getting hit at the line of scrimmage uh, seemingly for the last two or three years. So I thought Maffa may give you a slight edge. But now I've, I've, I was wrong. I think Maffa is, is quite a bit better than Shipley. And I hope the co- – I mean, what do you think before I, before I say more? I agree with that. I think he's a, a better running back. I think he uh, – both yards after contact, willingness to seek contact, and, you know, turn that into positive yards. Um, you could probably – I'm sure there's like <clears throat> burst, you know, is probably in, in Shipley's favor potentially – um, Shipley, you could argue maybe he's a more well-rounded offensive weapon. So, you know, we, we haven't really seen much of Maffa in the screen pass game or in the, in the wide receiving game, but no, man, I'm, I'm on the Phil Maffa train. I actually saw him. I, I was lucky enough to be able to go into the football facility this summer on a visit and Maffa walked out of the weight room. And I mean, that dude's, dude's a machine. He's you know, I, I kind of looked at those guys as Chipley and Moffa as, as being NFL players, maybe not, maybe not starters, but play, definitely players. I think Moffa has a legit chance of being an NFL starter. I think he played like an All-American on Saturday. I think his 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 ceiling is probably All-American. If, whether or not he comes back for another year is doubtful. Um, and I think Shipley's c- ceiling is probably All-Conference. And you're to your you make a good point. Shipley is more well-rounded, probably more knowledgeable, more you know maybe not a better blocker, but more likely to pick up uh, pick up some blocks uh, that Mafa might miss. Uh, but uh, he, there's just I think a, a market advantage uh, and, and edge that Mafa has over Shipley. And yeah, and even the burst part, I think you know Shipley doesn't really have breakaway speed, and yeah, and and, and, and also like for, as, as far as catching out of the backfield. I don't think I don't think Klubdick's really demonstrated a, a great ability to go through reads and find his check down all that well. So I don't I don't see him out of you know being a huge asset out of the backfield as a as a, as a receiver. So um, going forward, I hope Moffa gets the rock and gets the starting position. And there is something to be said for you know getting those starter reps. You saw it on Saturday. It, you know it's it, there's certainly an advantage rather than coming in off the bench every you know third series or you know whatever he's been coming in as. Well, I mean, Cody, like these guys are 21 years old, right? Like that, that hits your psyche. It hits your motivation. It hits the pep in your step, you know, when you get that nod. So um, I think that's what we saw on that touchdown run. Just I'm here. It's my time. It's my turn. Let's go. And it was great to see. Yeah. He, yeah. The, 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 the vision, the, the wiggle uh, it's just things you haven't seen. And, and of course, you know, getting past that first, that first tackler and, and either, either making him miss or just running him over. He did both. Yeah, it was great. Um, but you know what, you know, he doesn't get that run if the offensive line doesn't do their part. So um, I think that's probably the second game ball, if you want to call it that it just goes to first half O line and honestly whole, whole game for the most part, they were able to 
have a decent amount of protection for Cade and mostly open up holes uh, in the running game. Um, I don't know, Cody. I, I'm sure you weren't out there with binoculars kind of examining uh, the rotations of who was out there and kind of what technique was, anything like that. But um, it did look like a different offensive line. And, man, number one, did we need that? But number two, am I surprised to have seen that? Yeah, it. I would like to see some, you know, someone that is really knowledgeable about offensive line blocking, like what the heck happened? Because Notre Dame is really good along the front seven. They're very disciplined. Uh, they do a good job up front. We faced much worse teams and done far, you know, far worse. So I, what the heck happened? Now, I, you know, I've read about more zone blocking to simplify the, you know, the assignments for the offensive linemen. And if that's the case, it's like, okay, well, maybe we found something maybe a little bit later than we would have liked. But if it's, if it's that simple, like we have talented guys, they're just, they're, you know, they're overwhelmed by different uh, blocking assignments, then man, simplify the heck out of it. Let's go zone read, zone blocking and, and make it easy. Cause we, we have, we have the horses. I think we realized that, or we found that out on Saturday. I mean, I, I'm going to hit you with a uh, glass half full, glass half empty take right now on the O-line. Uh, glass half full might be, did, did Dabo, I guess this is a little bit of like a hot take also, did Dabo go to a coach like Thomas Austin last week and say, look, do it your way. Like, let's see what you got, you know, kind of like you're coaching for your job a bit. Like, let's just see it. And did Thomas Austin kind of just make a change here, make an adjustment? And are we seeing that? Alternatively, like maybe that's a an asinine take. Alternatively, if you do have what some might say is the most talented assembly of O-linemen that we've had in quite a long time, and you have to simplify the playbook to be able to get this type of effort and this type of production out of them, like that seems weird. That seems like an indictment on coaching um, in my mind. Like the other thing is our defense is going to be able to adjust to that. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a in the trenches X's and O's guy necessarily, but I think if you simplify zone schemes, like they're opposing DCs are going to find a way to exploit that. Agreed. Agreed on that point. But even, you know, even so Notre Dame would stack the box and they were still losing at times. So if, if they're having that much trouble, then, then surely, you know, Georgia Tech should have even more trouble, even even if they are stacking the box. And again, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know much about the X's and O's uh, right. and, how, and how, how DCs might respond. But I think Clemson stumbled onto something a little bit, a little bit too late, but at least we found it. Um, yeah. And, and, may, and maybe there is something, like you said, to, again, kind of putting the fire under, whether it be Tom, Thomas Austin, probably the whole coaching staff. Right. And, and, and maybe that's the first time that's happened all year where every every position coach maybe maybe may have felt a little heat. And by the way, I don't think that's any way to run a program or to be a leader is is constantly mm-hmm. put put your coaches on the hot seat and make them feel the you know, feel that stress. But yeah, um, that's true. It's it's uh, it makes you question whether that's not whether Dabo hasn't really put the put the heat on his coaching staff as much as he should have over the last few years. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think my larger point kind of with the hot take is I just, I question, maybe this is a good enough time as any to talk about the coaching staff. Like does, does what we saw Saturday, like change in your mind, any need for a, a, an examination of the coaching staff in the off season? 
And maybe yeah. to put an even finer point on that question, Cody, let's say Clemson wins out and wins the bowl game. Do you think Dabo is going to be inclined to make any adjustments? I think a lot, a lot that goes that happens during the off season will be based on how we finish from this point forward. I think, okay. I think the uh, the ultimatum or whatever has been given to the coaching staff, like your your jobs aren't safe, and and how how could they be, right? Right. So here, you know, it's put it all on the line because you don't have anything left to lose. Um, I I would like to think that's what's what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, nothing I learned to, your, to answer your question. Nothing I learned on Saturday, you know, re- reassures me. Uh, about anything on the coaching staff, really, because you have to sustain that level of success. And so much that's gone on in the last seven games or eight games before this has uh, made me think, yeah, the evaluation is still needed in the offseason. And I would be I would be shocked if there's not some turnover. <clears throat> so you're still thinking, yeah, you're still thinking there will be some some changes made. Yeah. And, and it's more and like again, a prediction. Yeah. If, if we continue on the same trajectory, if, if Notre Dame was kind of the thing that galvanizes the program and, and we get hot, maybe we ride into next year uh, as is, but I, I doubt it. Yeah. Number one, I kind of, I mean, I do think Notre Dame was the best team we will face. Like, I'm not, I'm not too worried top to bottom. Like, North Carolina's got a better offense than Notre Dame does by far. But um, and Georgia Tech's kind of peaking right now, I would say. Uh, or they're at least like up and down. So we'll see. <laughs> but um, you know, early signs of life on offense. Um, you know, I, I thought the game plan, like second quarter, the offense seemed to be really, really dialed in. I mean, that that being said, it was a fairly simplified playbook at that point. It was a lot of slants, a lot of screens, and a lot of film alpha. Um, not necessarily Cade Klubnick putting the ball downfield and challenging Notre Dame deep. Um, I did not study Notre Dame's defense, Cody, in full disclosure. I don't know if they have like a lot of veteran talent in that secondary and Clemson was resigned to just trying to go over the middle. Um, but no, I, I, whatever Notre Dame was giving Clemson, I think in the second quarter uh, Clemson found the right adjustments and that looked like a solid Garrett Riley offense at that point. Well, from the third quarter on, we looked a lot more like the offense we looked like we've looked like over the last several games. And that's the whole thing for the offense now is putting together four quarters. So, you know, great job by the, uh, by the guys to put up the points early on, but it, you know, and, and, and obviously the special teams heroics were a big part of, of closing out the game, but yeah, I, I think there's still, there's a lot left to be desired. And, and I think just for starters, seeing a full game by the offense uh, would be nice. That's really what I'm looking for down the stretch, Cody, um, against, especially South Carolina, but definitely Georgia Tech and North Carolina taking a step back in terms of defenses, Miami, NC State, Notre Dame. Like we played three really good defenses in a row here. And I think we do need to see that four quarter consistent game. Um, I don't know, like what grade do you think you would give Cade Klubnik in this game? That's a good question. Um, Probably, probably give him like a C plus. He was good at times, but yeah, he, not very good for most of the second half. So C plus. Yeah, I would say I'm going to be a little more generous than that. Just I, I think the play calling and just the game script in the second half, the the coaches just sat on the ball like they just took their out of the ball. They did not want to push it down the field, um, but there are definitely some moments. I mean, Cade had that toss to Mafa uh, that kind of bounced around. Like that, that's something that Chips feeds better at than Mafa, I think, is like catching those tosses. 
but I Kate had like a weird stutter step pause. I don't know if you saw that from your vantage point on the field, but um, that that struck me more as like a Cade hiccup um, than you know a Mafa mess up in it anyway. So yeah, probably like a B minus for me. Yeah, and 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 to his you know, in, in fairness to Cade, the the interception was I thought that was entirely on Bo and, and a great play by the defensive back, but. Um, but yeah, there's, there's still some hiccups. There's still some things about Cade that, you know, he, he can look like a really good quarterback at times and he can look like a true freshman that just, that's starting his first game at times. And, you know, he's in his sophomore year. So, um, yeah, and grading, I'm grading him on, I guess, you know, maybe a higher standard too. Uh, not, not the Deshaun Trevor standard, but I, I think he has a higher ceiling. And so it's, it's consistency for him. Yeah. I mean, this, this offense also had, once again, some red zone woes, Cody. Um, you know, we got that Phil Florenzo, shout out to Phil, friend of the show. Um, fumble recovery on the punt in the fir- first quarter, and Clemson was ready to go up 14 nothing, and couldn't get it done inside the red zone. So whether that's Cade, whether that's the play calling, um, still, you know, we're still kind of seeing 2023 Clemson offense show up in moments. So, um, yeah, just still some room for improvement. Agreed. Uh, well, I guess, Cody, we should move on to probably the most impressive part of the game, which is special teams. Aiden Swanson, oh, my goodness. I mean, from the middle of the third quarter on, Cody, I think it was like six consecutive punts um, across both teams. Aiden Swanson really was a big key to this Clemson victory. Uh, pinning them so deep, you know, making Chris Pine kind of second guess his movement. And that gained us like an extra 10 plus yards on that punt, which is kind of his worst punt of the day um, in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I thought uh, Aiden Swanson was phenomenal. He, he was. And, you know, a lot of that too is our offense wasn't getting buried inside of, uh, you know, their inside of our, you know, or, or their, uh, you know, 10 yard line. So we were able to move the ball and get in a position where he could make some pretty, you know, pretty nifty punts, I would say. Uh, and, and I got to say too, the, there was a lot of uh, fortunate bounces. It was like all mm. the luck, all the special teams luck, including the fumble by Notre Dame was kind of rolled up into one game. I feel like we were, we were, <laughs> we were due a few uh, good bounces and they all came in the same game. That's a good point. Uh, how about Kate Klubnick with the punting too? Not to sell him short. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, that was maybe his best play all game. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was. Uh, I, I was. I, I thought we were going for it there, and I was like, "This is not the smartest thing." But you know, Dabo came to play today. Right. Smart, it was smart to punt. Yep. Man, I didn't realize Kate only had 109 yards passing um, on 26 attempts, 4.2 per. Pretty lousy. Yeah, I didn't have the number, um, but I'm sitting here trying to think of the receiver that really stood out to me, and I, I, I can think of a few passes, but yeah, there wasn't a lot I mean, there. It was right. mostly Phil Moffa. It was the Phil Moffa show for the most part. I mean, we had some slants. Tyler Brown scored on a slant. Um, Troy Stilato had a couple good catches, but um, Bo Collins had an impressive catch in the first half. But I agree, like it was not, it was not a playmaking game from the receiving core yet again. So yeah, it was really the Phil Moffa offense. Yeah, um, trying to think of any other things on special teams, um, but I think it really it was all Aiden Swanson. Yeah, it's just it's really hard, Cody. Like going back to the interception, 
coming out of the first half, like I think Clemson had a chance to put this game away, you know, getting the ball right out of the, right out of the half. Um, and we throw a quick pick and right away, Notre Dame scores a touchdown. Like that was, I mean, I just had that feeling, you know, what feeling I'm talking about where like it's the 2023 feeling where it's like Clemson should be putting this game away is out talenting, you know, really should be, should easily handily be winning and shooting ourselves in the foot. So, um, but anyway, lo and behold, you know, the defense held Aiden Swanson and Cade Klubnick with the punting, you know, really played the, the field position game down the stretch. Um, I kind of, I mean, I think Clemson coached this one pretty well um, overall. I mean, it, we were only up eight points. So it still was a one possession game. Um, I hated the fact that we needed to put Mafa in a position where he could fumble it on that last offensive series. But um, I don't know. I don't really have a ton of, you know, coaching head scratching moments from Dabo or the coaching staff in this. And we haven't mentioned it yet. Cody, the most impressive stat on the day is Clemson had zero penalties for the first time since 1952. I think that tells you just how, how ready to play this team was. Yeah. I, that's a, and, and I think the game was pretty clean on both sides, which, which was nice. Not a lot of PIs either. Um, so yeah, it was a very well played game. The guys are ready. I don't. I can't think of any coaching lapses either. I mean, outside of a few, you know, turnovers. Uh, you know, that, but that's not. You know, that's not necessarily coaching. That's just a recurring issue. Uh, right. I, I think. I think Clemson that's coaching in a different play. sense. <laughs> it's like preparation yeah. coaching, not you know game game plan decisioning stuff like that. Agreed. Agreed. And maybe maybe one other highlight too. We're not, you know, officially talking special teams anymore, but Hamp Green did have some nice punt returns. So, mm. uh, you know, Ben Ben always has the joke. It's pretty funny because Ben's a five. Uh, what is he? Five six or is he five seven? Totally, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. He's five nine. Uh, likes to say that he's five ten, but uh, he says, "Man, I could go out there and do what Hamp Green does." You know, if I if I tried really hard, he always says that. Well, I'm like, you know, Hamp Green ran some had some pretty nice ten yard returns, maybe fifteen yard returns, and I'm like. Ben, could you do that? He's like, okay, no, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So, you know, and, and if that's Tyler Brown back there, you know, maybe he runs it, runs it to the house, but Hemp Green, you know, you get a, you get a, you know, a smaller game ball, but you do get a game ball. Yeah. One of those tiny, like put it on the shelf game balls. I agree. Yep. Um, man, Ben catching strays. Maybe he should be on the show tonight. I don't know, but uh, yet. He always writes them down though, and I won't be on the next show, and he'll he'll come back and fire more <laughs> fire them right back. So I'm That's not fair. worried. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, all right. Well, look, a resounding win, Clemson 31, Notre Dame 23. Um, nice to get a ranked win, Cody. I, some people have said this salvages Clemson's season. It doesn't for me. I got to be honest. I think the way that some, <laughs> I think if you beat you beat Miami, beat NC State, and then you beat Notre Dame, like then we're cooking with gas um, possibly toward a Jan- uh, January 6th bowl. But uh, it, I don't know. I don't think there's anything at this point. I guess if we went out eight and four, we'll feel pretty, pretty darn good um, and go nine and four with a bowl game. But it, I, I also don't think we saw the best of Notre Dame on Saturday either. And a lot of that is Cle- what Clemson did to them. But I think Notre Dame is, they played in a lot of like primetime games throughout the year. I think they're like a gassed football team at this point. And unfortunately we did not, I don't think we got like their very best on Saturday. Great to see Clemson get the win anyway, over a top 15 team. Um, And we owe them, you know, some payback from last year. So I'm not complaining. 
Yeah, I don't think the win salvages the season by any means. Uh, you still have to. We lost at Miami, or we lost. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't have lost at Miami. We shouldn't have lost to NC State. I think what it proves is this team, just on talent alone, should beat teams like NC State, Miami, and probably Duke too. To be honest, the only game really that we we should have lost now is Florida State. Um, so you know, I'm given where we are. I'm, I'm happy that we won, and we do have a chance to. I think at least help with recruiting and build some momentum to finish out the season and head into next year. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was, it's good to get the win. It's, it is a faltering Notre Dame team. One that's probably not the 15th best team in the country, but nonetheless, a great, a great team, uh, a great, uh, a great game all around great coaching. Uh, I won't say great, a good, good uh, coaching, good, well, uh, well-played game. And Hey, we, we won and we needed to beat Notre Dame. That, that feels really good to, to come out on top. Absolutely. Like I come away feeling great about that game. It doesn't make me feel great about the season. It's kind of how I would, I would describe it. So, um, but with that said, Cody, we should take a moment. Congratulate Dabo 166 career win at Clemson breaks Frank Howard's record. Dabo is now the goat. He really has been the goat. Um, so congrats to him. We are lucky that, he, that, Terry Don Phillips stuck with him, made the call. We're lucky the cards broke the right way. Uh, Dabo's built this program in very impressive fashion. What an unlikely story he, he has had. Very inspirational. We are on this show. We complain a lot. We nitpick Dabo. We nitpick his decisions. But ultimately, we ride for Dabo here. And this year, I mean, like... <laughs> I, I do want to reject these notions that like bad seasons happen to really great run well-run programs, because I think we've been seeing for years, some of the cracks in the, you know, in the facade um, start to come to fruition. Like I think a lot of these things aren't that surprising and that's why we complain. Um, but I also believe, I, I think Dabo is ultra competitive. He is intense. He does have good vision. He does make the right decisions ultimately but sometimes he's got to do it his way at his pace. And I don't personally love that part, but it's all part of the whole package with Dabo. And, you know, honestly, Cody, I think I tweeted this maybe in the afternoon after the win. I think Dabo could get to 300 wins if he wanted to. You know, if you if you want to do the math, he's 53 years old, you know, to get another 140 wins. You average 11, 12 per season, you know, he's he's not even going to be Nick Saban's age when he hits 300, if he continues at that clip and if Clemson makes the right adjustments and all that. So um, anyway, that's my Dabo spiel. What do you think? So there's a lot of things I could say about Dabo, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, I, when, when people are critical of him, when fans are critical of him, like Tyler, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same way other fan bases are critical of their head coaches. It's it for us. It's more. It's it's not. We won't dabble out. He's stubborn. He doesn't adapt. You know. He, he his time has passed. He's an idiot. That's not what we really what we mean. It's we all we love Dabo. He he is he he is so interconnected. He is Clemson football. Uh, he hasn't. He's not elevated above Clemson football. But he's you know when we think of Clemson, he is part of that. So we want kind of the best for Dabo. And we have we do see him making some dumb decisions from time to time. So when we're critical, really, we just, it's almost like a family member. We just want to see him do a little bit better. That said, he's done so such a good job. I mean, uh, obviously his, his record speaks for itself. Mm. Um, yeah. 
I, I just, we want to see him, you know, we want to see him succeed along with Clemson and we want to see him, you know, utilize every tool he has at his disposal in order to do that. So um, one last thing I'll say, I used to compare him to coach K and his early career trajectory. And if you look at their records and I, I used to talk about this right after we won a couple of championships, him and coach K had a very similar kind of first 10 years. Um, very similar in that, you know, they, they built the program. They had a very rough start. Didn't have buy-in yeah. from the from the administration and from the fans. Slowly build the team into a power, and then kind of crest around like you know the top of the the top of the uh, the elite in the in the sport. And then Coach K in the early in the mid '90s had a little do- uh, dip, you know, for health reasons and some other stuff. And I think that might be what Clemson's going through right now. So to your point, you know, Coach K came back in the late '90s, started winning championships again. So they you know, there was a resurgence. There's a chance, you know, Dabo can write this ship and, you know, maybe a year or two's time and we're right back there. And that, that, yeah, maybe that, that puts 300 wins in play. Ben is going to hate that, but I think it's very astute, Cody. Um, and I, I think you nailed it in terms of the critiques and the criticism and the, the general angst of the fan base the last three years. It's not that our, it's not that we won't tolerate or are spoiled thinking we should be in the playoff every single year. It's, it's the reasons why we're not in the playoff and it's the reasons why the, the steps have been taken back. Um, you know, if Clemson's taken a step back, kind of why it led to that. So um, anyway, it is all love with Dabo and uh, we, we do appreciate him. Well, Cody, um, I think we should wrap it there, man. I don't, I don't have too much else to say about the Notre Dame game about uh, Clemson football at the moment. We got Georgia tech coming up this weekend. Um, they're a little bit pesky. They've, uh, they've won some games here and they're just always that team. I mean, really over the, over the playoff run, they never really threatened Clemson too hard in any of these matchups, but we're, we're no longer that, that level of program. So, um, I know everyone remembers the the 2000s Tommy Bowden era very well and how much they tanked a bunch of our seasons. So, um, it's always good to get a win against the YJs and, uh, let's hope the right Clemson team shows up this weekend. Yeah, well, we haven't had a win, like a big program win all year. So, you know, this is the first one. We'll see how well the coaches kind of, uh, you know, use the momentum and, and see if they can ride it out for the rest of, well, at least in, uh, into next week and hopefully beyond. Yeah, it's also military appreciation. It's going to be Veterans Day. First of all, thank you to all of our veterans. Um, but yeah, that that always brings the atmosphere intensity at Death Valley. So, um, I think that's going to be definitely to the Tigers' favor this weekend. Cool. Well, uh, we'll be back next week, folks. Looks like Jarrett and Ben are both game to podcast again. So, uh, Cody, maybe we can do a four-man show at some point here. Uh, we'll have to see if timing works out. But thanks, man, for coming on. This was really fun. Yeah, good to, good to talk Tiger football. 100%. Uh, everyone, you know where to find us on social media. Leave a review, leave a rating um, on your podcast app of choice. Really, Apple Podcasts where you can do the review thing. Um, subscribe, like, you know, share this with friends. We appreciate all the support. Cody, can you believe we've been doing this nine seasons? It, it's yeah, it's hard to believe, hard to believe. But we did start in 2015, so we picked we picked a great time. It's been quite a ride. It has. I like to say though, I mean, we were we were doing the podcast thing before Clemson hit its rise, just before. So, um, you know, anyway, it is what it is, but that was, it's been a lot of fun. 
doing this every year. I don't think we get better, but you know, the team changes and we keep it interesting. In, indeed, indeed. Awesome. All right, man, thanks a lot. Good time. And as always, go Tigers.